Hello, everyone, and welcome to the weekly The Last of Us recap podcast. My name is... Don't spoil oh. it. I haven't oh, seen no, it. No, wait. I, I've got the wrong paper in front of me. Hello, this is Philly's Therapy, a Philly's podcast. <laughs> My name is Paul Boyer. I am joined, as always, by The Athletic's Matt Gelb. I will not be spoiling The Last of Us on this episode of Philly's Therapy, which is, again, a Philadelphia Phillies baseball podcast. Good to be checking in with you all again for the first time in, in a couple of weeks as we wrap up the best boring offseason in a while, <laughs> um, or at least the boring last half of the offseason. Spring training has sprung. Players are reporting. Pitchers and catchers are the only ones who are, are required to be at camp at the moment, but a, a lot of Phillies position players have already made the trip down to Clearwater. Let's bring in Matt, who is also down in Florida uh, with the team, around the team, getting the feel of uh, what should be one of the more exciting spring trainings in a while, even if it has some kind of strange characteristics to it. You know, we have some some guys going off to play in the World Baseball Classic. All of the hype really surrounds the fifth starter competition, but it's a, a really huge amount of hype for a fifth starter competition. You all know what I'm talking about. Some things have happened in the last couple of weeks since we last checked in with you. Jose Alvarado and Sir Anthony Dominguez got contract extensions. Aaron Nola and his reps are sitting down with the Phillies to talk about theirs. Matt, there, a lot of stuff has seemed to pick up here as as the offseason wound down and camp broke. First of all, how are you and, and how are things feeling down in, in the first couple of days down there at Clearwater? It uh, it's weird. I think for it to be starting up already. I mean, maybe I'm just yeah. projecting my own thing. But I mean, it was a, it was the shortest off season they'll ever have. I mean, they played uh, into the first week of November, and uh, and here we are uh, back at spring training. And and uh, I think the thing that has stuck out to me is that yeah, there were there were you know some changes to the roster, and there's a lot of the similar characters. But um, you know the, these uh, these guys like each other. Like they generally like each other, and. Uh, you know, just get those vibes early on. And, and even from some of the newer guys who put into it, you know, I talked to Craig Kimbrough for a little bit today and he's just like, yeah, I mean, he's like, I, I felt it like the moment I came in here. And this is a guy who uh, has been in this league for a long time. And, and uh, I think he is a pretty good judge of like, whether it's a, it's a, it's a good group or not. And I think he, um, he's been impressed already. And uh, yeah, I mean, the, the vibes are strong and, and uh, everyone is healthy and uh, that's the kind of way you want to start spring training. Yeah, you know, th things are a little bit of uh, uh, touch and go, clench your teeth kind of things with, with spring, especially with how good I think we're especially all feeling this about this team. Right. Yeah. I mean, like this spring is like simply about them like staying healthy. Like that yes. is like the the biggest thing this spring is just like no one getting hurt. That's yeah, it. exactly yeah. right. Yeah. And there will be injuries. I mean, you just you can't avoid it. It's pro professional sports. But the simple fact of the matter is right now, it seems like everybody's healthy. And so you start at that level, you meet them at that level. And that level is purely exciting. Um, as we mentioned at the top, as I mentioned at the top, um, two of the more important things that happened since the last time we checked in with you all on an episode of, of this lovely podcast, uh, two bullpen mainstays, one of whom was set to be a free agent after this year, uh, got inked to long-term, well, we'll call them long-term extensions. Jose Alvarado got three guaranteed years plus a club option for 2026. 
And Sir Anthony Dominguez, uh, the homegrown success story and, and, and rehab triumph, uh, got a two-year deal of his own plus a club option that carries him through, I, I believe, what would have been his first free agent year. Yes. Is is yeah. that option? Yeah. Uh, so yet yet more guaranteed money for 2024, not just 2023 on the books. There's a third of the roster, maybe a little more than a third of Crazy. the roster, yeah. locked in for 2024, not just this year. I, I, I remarked on this the other day, just as a pure number, it was nine at the time. Like this was prior to a, uh, one of the relief extensions. It just seems so unusual for this team to have so much of their roster locked up, not just for this year, but down the road. Like so much of this core really is turning into a core. Yeah. And I like these two extensions and, and maybe you could argue that you're buying high, you know, they're both coming off of tremendous years, but you know what? Like, and this speaks to, I think a bigger thing that I've tried to hint at and get out of some of my stories here in the spring is that, you you take care of your people. You reward your people. Mm-hmm. And Dominguez, yeah. you met, you alluded to it, Paul. Like he is a homegrown guy who, you know, really worked hard to get back to where he is, and 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 essentially missed you know almost three years, and um, you know, really stepped up for you in a huge way, you know, all season, and especially then in October, and uh, you know, his deal is essentially you're just getting cost certainty for his arbitration years. And then you, you yeah. know, you potentially get, you know, one free agent year and who knows if that option gets picked up or not, but that deal, whatever, I think it's, it's a nice gesture. I think for Dominguez, a guy who worked hard, et cetera, the Alvarado deal is, it's got a little more meat to it. Um, you know, you're taking two free agent years at 9 million per essentially, um, mm-hmm. which if he has a, 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 you know, 90, you know, 80% of the season he had last year, that's a discount, not, you know, two, two and two and 18, two, two times Plenty nine, worth it. you know, yeah. for his first two free agent years, that's a discount. So I, I like it. I think there's risk certainly in the Alvarado deal, like who, you know, who the hell knows? Like Paul, I mean, like, you know, on this podcast, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, about a year ago this time, we, you know, we would be talking about Alvarado and be kind of that's just right. like shrugging and being like, uh, you know, I don't know, <laughs> like who knows right. what we're going to get. Right. And then the guy was in triple a, like in, in, mm-hmm. in, in late May and, and, um, you know, credit to him for making the adjustments. And I, I do think there's reason to believe it's real. I also think there's reason to believe that he's probably not as good as he was for most of last year. Nevertheless, that guy is uh, probably a guy that I would give at least two times nine in free agency, especially he's not even going to be 30. Um, by the time he gets to free, you know, he would have gotten to free agency. So I look at it as look, you're rewarding your people. They had big years for you in, in, in a, in a, you know, watershed season for your franchise, reward them a little bit. Uh, and, and I think people notice that other players notice that uh, teammates notice that agents notice that. Um, I, I think it's, I think it's a good thing. I think they make sense. With the Dominguez deal, the Phillies officially closed the book on their arbitration eligible players. They will not be going to hearings with anybody, which is great. We saw recently with the Milwaukee Brewers and Corbin Burns why that can be a bad idea. So it's always good to avoid going into a room to try and hash things out. Uh, the Phillies avoided that with all of their arb eligibles. Love to see that. Um, and that sets our sights at least just briefly for a minute onto the next pending contract, which of course is Aaron Nola. And Matt, you wrote this week uh, or mentioned this week um, that the Phillies and Aaron Nola have already begun to sit down and and talk about a, a potential contract extension here. And I found that to be unusual in a good way, I think for a couple of reasons. One, 
there really haven't been a whole lot of pending free agents that have really drawn this kind of scrutiny and I guess drama around their their contract extension negotiations with this team lately. Everybody's either been a pre-arb guy or not part of a a winning core for a long time. So I guess there's the the novelty factor of that again. Uh, but also that it seems like a leak of any kind. I, I maybe calling it a leak is is the wrong terminology. But yeah, you're news, undermining my reporting. Yeah, I, I am. I am. I am sorry. But any news regarding a contract extension coming out really feels almost unusual to me on the outside. And especially with such a high profile guy, it, it almost lends this air of optimism to the whole thing. What's the sense that you have around Nola and his camp sitting down and talking with the Phillies and where things might go with this? I mean, I've been asking about it for weeks and I finally, uh, you know, got a, got a bit of a breakthrough. And I think that's just simply because like, they've just finally, you know, they're getting to it. Um, you know, this is something I think that was, I had written and alluded to it earlier in the off season. It was something they would visit after the new year, closer to spring training, uh, Noel got married on New Year's Eve, and uh, he's just had other things to deal with. And 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 when you're talking about an extension, it's like you know, spring's a good time to do it. And I I don't know if a deal is going to get done. I, I think there are a lot of things to indicate that uh, a deal can be done. And mm-hmm. and, and I understand Noel's position. You know, he said to me, "Look, I'm I'm not. You know, if we get to the regular season, like I, I'm just not. You know, we're not going to talk anymore." And I, I totally understand that. Guys who are pending free agents, that's typically the path. Um, they'll take, you know, setting a hard deadline like that is, is, is a good thing. It encourages both sides to, to find common ground. And if they don't, then they take it to free agency. And even then I still think even if they don't get anything done, I do think the Phillies, um, would still pursue him, uh, as, as a free agent. There's Mm. a lot at play, Paul. Like I think, um, they're, they're probably going to get into that second, uh, threshold of luxury tax this year. They're like right yeah. on the edge. I've asked different people. They, they, you know, it, it, they won't know obviously till like the end of the season, like it right. doesn't get calculated till then, but like they're, they're pretty much there. Like if they do anything at the trade deadline, they're definitely over. Even if they don't, they might just nudge over. And what that does is like, it just increases the penalties. If you do sign a big name free agent next off season, and if Nola does walk and you're trying to replace him, you're probably signing a guy who is attached to draft picks and you're, you're going to be penalized more because you're in that second threshold. So um, if, if the price for Nola is expensive, um, I, I think they might meet it here because the, the price to replace him uh, would be just as expensive, if not more. And I do think that factors into their equation. They've given up quite a few draft picks um, the last few years when signing free agents, um, they know, they know Noah well, Noah knows them well. Uh, the agent has done, uh, deals before free agency before, not just for Noah, but for some of his other clients. I, I just think there's, there's a match to be made here. The fact that they're talking, they've exchanged offers. And I know that for a fact, and I reported that in the athletic, um, I, I think it's a great sign. This makes too much sense in my opinion. And, and yeah, I, I think it's going to get done. I don't know what it gets done for. Like, I think the Rodon contract is like a starting point. It's probably more than that. Uh, Which and, was and I 7 162, I believe. With, is with that the what chi- it was? Okay. Yeah. With I was the Yankees. You would have yeah. that in front of you. Um, I think it'll be more than that. I don't know how much more, but I think it ends up being more than that. He's just, he's younger than Rodon. Um, I know Rodon's a lefty. So he. 6 162. Just to, just to six jump in. 6 162. 
I think Noah gets six or seven years, and it's a similar, a little higher AAV. That's just my guess. That's not that's not um, reporting. I think that's just my informed guess. Um, and and I think that makes sense. What do you think? I mean, what, what in your mind, like, is is that is the Radon spot a, a decent point as a comparison? Yeah, I I think in my initial ballparking, trying to figure out what something like this might look like, I came in a little low. I had his hypothetical AAV, like just a little north of, of 20 million over seven years. I was trying to juggle a couple of different intangibles like, oh, they, the negotiation might be, you know, we tack on an extra year to keep the AAV a little bit lower, but, you know, we give you that extra bit of certainty. And that's, I'm, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. I, I think the 6162 comp is nice. You know, the Radon comp from the Yankees. Um, that probably gets you in the ballpark, you know, tacking on that seventh year, yeah you know i mean it'd be the biggest contract they've ever given to a pitcher yeah yeah i mean it it might make you sweat a little bit for for a pitcher to to give seven years like that um the simple fact of the matter is he hasn't shown that he's slowing down yet so like why make that guess for him and you're talking about somebody who like you said would be expensive to replace you know we're the free agent dabbling will get capped at some point you know it it, i just i feel like it will we've been spoiled in the best way the last couple of years with the guys that the 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 team has gone out and acquired just just through free agency or re-extended um i feel like that's going to slow down at some point and if you look at alternatives to aaron nola there there aren't a lot of them but you brought up an interesting point about penalties associated with signing these free agents you know the, the the phillies would be approaching the second tax threshold at 253 and they're right at 240 something right now. I mean, they're like right there, like right there. Just yeah. Talking to people who know the number. Like, I mean, they're like right there. Yeah. And and if they re-sign Nola, you know, the penalties we're talking about would not apply because Nola is, it would be like a re-signing. They wouldn't be subject to those overage penalties from re-signing if he reached free agency. If these negotiations in the spring don't work out and they re-sign Nola, that goes out the window. So that that makes sense that they would continue to pursue him. If he went to free agency, look, I just think he's so hard to replace just as a pitcher as who he is. We've gone over this a couple of times, the innings he racks up, the quality innings he racks up, the fact that he doesn't do it in a super flashy way may make it seem like the final number of whatever he comes up with. A lot of people are going to be like, wait, what? why are you paying, paying Aaron Nola for that long and that much money? But we've had the opportunity to see what this guy can do. And to us, to a lot of people who have watched this guy pitch, and knowing the state of the game and contracts and blah, 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 it's worth it. So I know that the money is just where we've opened the valve all the way. It's like that uh, like that scene near the beginning of Mad Max Fury Road where Morton Joe opens the valve of water and it just douses everybody. There you go. Look it up. Um, and eventually that valve is going to get shut off, but it should not shut off before Nola gets signed. It, it, and, he's and, too and, hard to replace. There's, there's one more thing I want to bring up is that, Paul, is that more than... A decade ago, 11 years ago, Cole Hamels mm. going into his free agent year in the middle of his free agent year got six and 144 from the Phillies. And that mm-hmm. was 11 years ago. And and and, and yeah. whether you, you know, Cole at that point, maybe he's a better pitcher than, than Noel is. It's it's probably close. Like they're both in the prime of their careers. Um, close, really close. And uh I think Nola, a fair point for Nola is more than that, more than six, more than 144. And um, just with the market is bearing and, and, and the way we've seen 
uh, team spend. Uh, you know, the, the great question is, how does he age? And, and I know the Phillies have spent a lot of time in this. I've talked to different people about it, and they're split. They really are. Like, they're split really? about how he ages. I think there's some people who think he ages really well. I think there's some people who have questions about it. Um, it's a lot of it's a heavy workload, but he also has characteristics of a pitcher where you're like, okay, um, this is a profile that 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 could age well, and it, it's impossible to predict, obviously. So shifting our focus away from a pitcher who may only be here one more year to a pitcher who is probably going to be around for the better part of the next six, <laughs> at least <laughs> little 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 nineteen year old phenom by the name of Andrew Painter, who we've talked about a couple of times, yes, but now that spring is actually here and we are on the doorstep of actually seeing him get his work in in some of these exhibition games, well, 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 things are starting to feel a little bit real, not just to Andrew, I'm sure, but to the rest of us as well, who might be turning our eyes toward having a teenager take the ball on the hill, starting a game for the Phillies for the first time in forever. 40, 50, 60 years. I already forget what the factoid is. But the simple fact is, or at least multiple opinions combining to create something close to a fact, is that this is somebody who seems like he's ready for the gig, which is unfathomable to me to to try and peg like my 19-year-old self being on the cusp of winning a job for a Major League Baseball team. It's just wild to think about. Anyway, Andrew Painter is really good, and... All indications are right now that he has the leg up on winning that fifth starter job for this 2023 Phillies, breaking camp with the team, making the opening day roster, taking the ball at some point within the first two weeks, depending on how the schedule goes and they maybe skip a start. I don't know. That could factor into how they shuttle him up and down. There's other things going into this, but Matt, as the calendar advances and we get closer and closer to the end of March and this season kicking off, we get closer and closer to the time where we get to stop calling Andrew Painter a prospect and start calling him a major league pitcher for the Phillies. Um, what's the sense around camp of, of how this guy is treating this opportunity? And, and have you had the chance to sit down with him at all and, and talk to him about what he is so close to grasping? Do you own anything that's more than 19 years old? Like I was actually thinking about this. I have, <laughs> I have like a hamper. Question. I have a hamper that like I got them. Like my, you know, my mom got me like when I went to college, like it's, it's a very wow. simple hamper. It's like a, I mean, and, and, and that thing is now, uh, that is now 18 years old. So it's not older than painter. It's close. I think I, I must have clothes. I don't know. I, I must have something that is older than painter. Um, but yeah, there was like a come, it was a moment where I was like, Holy crap. I mean, this is like my, this is my 13th spring covering the Phillies and, and, uh, I'm talking to, to, to a kid who's 19 years old and, and, uh, he, uh, he's an impressive kid, uh, for a lot of reasons. Um, he, he is mature in both, uh, the way he talks, the way he acts, but also his body. And I think that's, that's one of the bigger things. And I, I have a, I have a big feature, uh, that's going to be on the athletic, uh, on Monday morning, uh, probably when you're listening to this podcast and, um, you know, that, that, that kind of goes into why the Phillies are, um, are doing this, why they have this kind of trust in, in a teenager, um, who, who turns 20 in mid April. Uh, this is, this is unusual. I mean, there's been four teenagers who've thrown a pitch in major leagues, uh, since 1992. 
and the Phillies haven't had one wow. uh, in, in 40 years. And I, I think there's, there's two different camps here. There's people who look at this and say they're crazy. And there's people who look at this and say, holy shit, you know, this guy's going to be really good. And, and I think the middle ground is probably, you know, uh, is usually where the truth is. And um, I, I, I think he has incredible potential. And uh, I, I think they've thought, they've thought this through a lot and, and you'll, you'll see it in my story. Um, you know, there, there are existing relationships and ideas and there are reasons why they're pushing painter. Um, it's, it's, it's just not because he can throw the ball really hard. It's not because um, he, he's really big, but there, there, there's just a, there are reasons and there are real reasons they can point to. And there's trust um, as to why they're pushing him. And, I, I don't know if it's I don't know that it's a layup. I, I, I still think that there, you know, there's a chance that that, you know, he just has a so so spring and, and they decide, look, let's just give this a, a little more time. But um, what's clear to me is that Andy Painter will be pitching uh, for the Phillies this season, um, whether it's in April or or or, Mar- or May or, or June or whenever he, mm-hmm. he will be pitching for them this season. And, and that in of itself is remarkable, Paul. I mean, this guy uh, was drafted in. 2021 and he's had one full professional season but um i i think it's real and like i'm not trying to i'm not trying to 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 blow smoke up anyone's behind uh i i i've, I've seen it i've talked to enough people um i i think it's real and and, and it's and, and it's tr- even saying that it, it's hard for me to say it because it's hard to believe it's hard to believe, you know, what this guy is at this age. Um, it's hard to believe some of the things, and I don't even want to repeat some of the things I've heard from people, from people in the sport, from people really? in the Phillies, from other teams, because I don't think it's fair. Like, I, I just, um, he, he is, he is talented. Um, he is, he is sharp. He, he's really impressive kid. And, uh, I'm, I'm I'm really excited to see what happens. I, I I guess I'll leave it at that. I mean, I'm not like hiding anything. Like I just I don't know. I mean, like people are really excited about this kid, and 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 it, I don't want to be unfair to him. I mean, I just um, it it it's going to be really exciting to watch. I, I I believe that. I truly do. I guess the only thing I would worry about if if I'm you know a fan who is interested in the long term health and success of this guy is that. It seems as though just from everything surrounding Andrew Painter, the Andrew Painter discourse, the APD for short, is that they 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 want him to make the team. And you hope that if something isn't quite right, that they don't force the issue. Well, they don't have to. now that's and that's a bit of a straw man, too, because like, oh, well, what does that actually mean? And what are the repercussions of that? You're right that they don't have to because they have a viable other option, couple a couple yes. other options really, in, in guys who could break camp with the team. And we then as fans have to just reel in re, rein in our expectations a little bit. We might have to do that already. I think some of yes. it depends on how he looks in these games. Um, but like if he does not break camp with the team, it is clearly not an indictment of his skills or his future or anything like that. If he even makes the team and starts out slow in his first couple of outings. That is also not an indictment of his skill or future potential. It's just not the way baseball players work, especially not once this young. It's a strange juggling act. And I find myself a little bit unprepared for this. 
because I'm trying to be as grounded as I can about this guy and, and take in all of the hype and take in all of the positive words, positive articles, positive coverage, the words that have come out from the team. Everything is trending positive. Up, up, up. Everything looks good. Green light, green light, green light. Um, I know from having watched a lot of other baseball players over the years that it's just not that easy and you can't expect somebody at 19 or 20 years old to come up and immediately realize the potential that some people say he possesses. Uh, rarely ever works out that way for a baseball player. They just don't, they don't arrive in the major leagues fully formed nine times out of 10. So I think it would be an interesting kind of mental positioning act to try and figure out how to process Andrew Painter throughout the season, how to handle his struggles, which inevitably will come. I mm -hmm. just prepare yourself mm -hmm. for him. Now he's a 19 or 20 year old. He, he will get shelled a few times. Just accept that. Um, and trying to figure out how to take the good signs with the bad outings and, and keep the faith if those rocky roads come along. Because when you have somebody who arrives with this much hype and this much excitement, I have never experienced a prospect. No, like I haven't either. I haven't either. And, I, and, and I'm trying and I, I hope the coverage reflects, you know, I, I, I think there's a lot of excitement. But like, yeah, you're right. I mean, there needs to be, you know, you need to be grounded here. I mean, he. um Yes, he he could do unbelievable things here, and he's he's an un, he's really treading in 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 unprecedented territory in terms of Philly's history here. Um, but but yeah, you're right. It's important to see the bigger picture here, and and that you know even if he is the best you know nineteen twenty year old we've seen in Philly's history, um, there will be growing pains. That's just how it works. I I think it would be great to see him make this team. I do worry a little bit about what the scene is going to be like if and when he has to be demoted for, for performance reasons. Not oh, wow. For, you you're know, already going to the demotion. Jeez, well, you're look, like you're really managing expectations here. Look, let, let, let's think realistically about this, right? I'm going to throw a little bit of a wet blanket on things just because, you know, I got to do it sometimes. All right. So say he has a, a run of a couple bad starts, whether it's April, May, I don't know, gives up gives up some crooked numbers and some short outings and is like, okay, take a breath, go to Lehigh, work through mm -hmm. some things. Mm -hmm. I know how I am going to receive that news because I, as you can hear, I'm already preparing for that. I'm already kind of bracing myself for that potential possibility. There's also a potential possibility that he stays up the whole year with the team. I, I, don't, I don't know how likely that is probably not very, but he could. There's ways. There are ways. And I just don't know. You know, I, I, I am I am so excited to watch this this guy pitch. I am so excited to really get a, a prolonged look at what everybody else who has actually gone to some of these games um, in the minor leagues or been able to watch on like MILB.TV. I have not. Um, and get more than, you know, just a, a brief look at, at a sizzle reel of some of his offerings, you know, like a highlight that's been spliced together. Because really, I don't have much of an extended look. I, I am not a scout. That's not really what I do. I, I like seeing these guys when they come to the majors and, and, and try and figure out if they're going to stick from there. But this guy being so unique in in Philly's prospect history for his age, for his his ability, his you know, high marks that he's getting both from inside and outside the organization. I just am 
already struggling a little bit trying to fully prepare myself for how to react you know what to what he does. This? Do we know what, what we do, call this? What, what do we call this? We call this the Kingery syndrome. Oh, dear. People are not going to like that that just came up. And it's fair. I mean, I get it. And I've heard that. That's what I've heard from people is like they, yeah. they're going to ruin him like they ruined Kingery. And well, obviously there, there are some there are some nits to pick with that. Sure. With that statement. But I understand. I get it. People are, are afraid of them rushing Painter and and and, and doing harm to, you know, his, his, his future. And again, I suggest you read whatever, you know, I'm not trying to. Uh, there's been a lot of thought put behind this there really yeah. has and and more yeah. thought than i think i even realize um it's uh i don't know what's gonna happen paul but uh i i i, I, I really can't wait i really can't wait for people to see him pitch and I, and I can't wait to see how he does i i can't remember i just can't remember something like this this dynamic you know, adding a guy like this to a team that, you know, is coming off of, of such an incredible run and um, has so many established players and this energy that comes from having a young player like Painter involved in in the roster and in the picture. Um, it's it's I, I got to tell you, I mean, people when you ask them about when you ask people about him, they just they light up and like they have this look in their face and it's almost it's almost like a look of incredulity, like, like, like this guy, like this is, I mean, how like he's defied so much already and he hasn't stepped foot on a major league field yet. And I know so many things could happen in the next, you know, five weeks or whatever it is until the regular season. But, um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like I, I, I and I'm and I'm I'm fully trying to stay grounded here. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to be some. I, I I've been careful about this over the years. Like I've learned my lessons. Um, that the last thing you want to do is overhype a, a, a player, especially a, a player this age, um, because right. it's, it's very hard. It's a hard game. Um, but uh, this guy's got something. He's got something to him. There's just that's good, about man. This guy. Yeah, we should we should we should leave it there. Uh, remove my wet blanketing. I, I, <laughs> no, I know the wet no, blanket no, no. is appropriate. I mean, you gotta, it is. It you is. You have to be. You have to be. You have to have a clear head about this. You can't get caught up in, um, in, in, in all of it and him like adding a pitch or you know all this stuff or throwing a bullpen. I mean, you gotta even in the first start he makes right. in the spring here. You know, good or bad, you can't yeah. get caught up in it. Like, um, right? I, I, you know just getting to know the kid and getting to talk to people about him and getting to know the background of how the Phillies got to this point where they felt like they could push him. Um, it, it's compelling. It is really compelling uh, how they got here. Yeah. And I mean, that's just the thing, right? Like it, everything is not either all good or all bad. You can combine a little bit of good and bad. I still feel like I'm grounded if I'm mixing a little bit of hypothetical worry Along with my excitement for what this guy is going to do, like it, it wouldn't these things Philly can coexist. With, it wouldn't be a Philly spring without, you know, a little bit of grounding, right? Just stay healthy. Just everybody stay healthy. Everybody keep your UCLs intact, and, and we'll be fine. Um, we didn't get to the point where we didn't get to the point where we debate. We didn't get to the point where we debate. You know whether this is like, I mean, I think this is one of the greatest rosters the Phillies have ever assembled in it. You know, going into a season, like on paper. I mean, I do believe that. Um, I truly believe that. But we can mm, talk about that in a future podcast. 
yeah let's talk about that closer to spring and see who's still standing before we um (laughs) did i just go down that road is that what i did no no oh my god after all the careful walking and tiptoeing i did around not jinxing it only for that to not work out who cares let's just say what we think um anyway the first full squad workout officially is on tuesday uh so that's two days from now when we're recording um, a lot of position players have reported to camp already. Obviously, everybody. if you've been on social media here. of any kind, yeah, yeah. Um, I saw Cass- is Cassianos Cass- there too? Or was he putting yeah, the, saw, no, putting the finishing touches today somewhere? and Harrison today? Oh, good. Um, Greg Soto is the only pitcher who's not here. He's got visa right. issues. Um, and Harper. Uh, sure. Bryce is not going to report. Uh, with the position players, Rob Thompson told us that he's gonna. He just he just can't do very much right now. Um, right. Rob Thompson said he's going to report in the first or second week of March when he can do a little more. Okay. And he'll spend some time with the boys and, uh, <laughs> and he, uh, <laughs> with his team. Uh, other than that, I think, uh, I think everyone is here other than Soto and Harper. I saw, I think I saw everybody today. Sunday. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Take your time, Bryce. Um, but after the first full workout on Tuesday, I mean, yeah, what's, what's he going to do? Um, it's like Utley sitting on a chair taking grounders. Um, the first games of the spring arrive in the form of split squad action on split Saturday squad. the twenty fifth. Nothing says yeah, the beginning baby. of of the uh, of the Grapefruit League than a than an opening day split squad. Well, weren't weren't split weren't split squads like not a thing the last couple of years, like post pandemic? Am uh, I remembering that wrong? Anyway, who no, cares? I mean, there were split squads last year. <laughs> It's not okay. It's Saturday right. or Friday. Oh, it's Saturday. It's Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. Saturday. Well, I, yeah. I would hope you would have that right. So well, I don't, I don't know what, when I'm down here, Paul. Like, I don't know what day of the week it is. Like, because every day is the same. So this is Sunday. The, the Florida and, vortex. That's right. Yeah. For a little while longer. Um, are there any are there any inklings yet? Uh, I, this is probably a little bit too far out to tell, but I have to ask any inklings yet on who might see the field in some of these games, what the plan no. might be for some of the pitchers no. like anything yet? No. Nothing. OK, no. OK, no. I if asked. I had to guess, I think Mike Pla- Mike Plasmeyer will start one of the first few games. Yeah, he baby. Was the first guy. He was the first guy to throw a live uh, BP. He was actually the only guy to throw a live BP on Saturday today is sunday you know what i miss matt you know what i miss i miss the the kickoff game against a college team <laughs> they don't do that anymore because they lost one of Where's, the games <laughs> right it was like florida atlantic or something like i don't know sandberg like, was the manager sandberg showed up to campus oh to yes that's right wow what a segue yeah ryan sandberg was there at camp <laughs> which is interesting you could have listed you could have given me a list of a hundred former phillies people players whatever who would have shown up to camp this week and Sandberg would not have been on my no no I no <laughs> I I was not expecting to see him around but he was there anyway he was I there. don't think I want to see him he seems yeah really sure happy he seems really okay happy. yeah that's great I'm happy for him <laughs> uh so the, the, the spring schedule I'm getting loopy the spring schedule is is kicking into high gear uh games kick off on saturday full squad is basically already there but everybody has to report by tuesday who can boring you know visa issues and things of the things of that nature and then we start seeing some baseball games some fake baseball games it's my favorite i love having this stuff on in the background to just like casually catch glances at 
a number 96 with no name on his um, jersey. There's going to be a lot know, of guys playing with, with uh, no names on their jerseys because they, uh, they don't have a huge camp roster, and some guys are going to leave, obviously, for WBC. They, mm-hmm. um, they're going to be playing a lot of minor leaguers uh, in these games, so get ready for that. Yeah, WBC is something we can touch on probably a little bit later, maybe as that starts ramping up. Obviously, pretty heavy fillers participation, which is cool. Uh, the final wraps up, uh, I think it's like a little less than a week before the regular season is set to kick off. So guys are going to be pretty fresh with game competition, which is nice. Uh, but that's all stuff we can talk about later. Matt, I, I, I hope even as you lose track of time and, and the day of the week in, in the Florida vortex that the excitement lives on and that you feel as excited about the things happening at this camp that we all are on the outside here, because this is even as light on position player and, and really pitching battles as it is a lot Very of stuff few. is already decided. Yeah, Very few. Yeah. Uh, it's still a pretty exciting spring. All things considered uh, you get looks at Trey Turner, you get looks at Andrew Painter, mm-hmm. obviously you get looks at, you know, some of the heroes of the postseason coming back and, and checking in to see what changes and adjustments they might've made. And, I don't know. I really get geeked out for this sort of stuff. I'm excited to have this stuff on in the background as I go about my work day and, and just catch glances at, at these dudes and see how they're getting ready for the spring. So I hope some of that at least lives on in you too. It is. I'm not, I'm not ready for baseball yet, but I'm here and uh, <laughs> you know, we're getting there. It, it's been, all right. no, it's been good to reconnect with a lot of these guys and, and, and really um, I think it's, still setting in like I don't, I don't think it's totally set in like that you know what they did last year like i, I don't i mm. think some people have processed it i don't know that i've fully processed it yet but uh it, it's been it's been fun to reconnect with some people and i'm excited to tell some stories uh here this spring and, and uh yeah here we are all right well so depending on when you're listening to this episode be sure to check out matt's story that's dropping on the athletic tomorrow that's february 20th uh on andrew painter eat it all up, get the hype, ride the wave, enjoy this. This is unique. And who knows the next time we're going to have the opportunity to talk about somebody this talented. Um, and hopefully, you know, this young, it's just everything coming together. Just go enjoy it. Have fun. Drink it in. Um, read Matt's story. And um, as things start ramping up and and game action gets underway, we'll be back with you. To fill you all in on everything that happens, hopefully all good. Uh, it's been a pretty good offseason that way. You kind of wait for the other shoe to drop, but I I am not thinking about that right now. I'm thinking about bright sunshine. I'm thinking about uh, guys packing their bags and, and walking up the foul line in the fifth inning and you know getting their work in, going home, doing whatever it is they do, grabbing a margarita at the tiki bar or something. Yeah, baseball players don't drink anymore. <laughs> Very few I do. Know. I know. They're so smart. I wish I could be like them. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) thank you, everybody, for listening in. Uh, Ride the wave, man. Spring training is here. It's just about, you know, time for games. And the 2023 Phillies, they should be a fun one. And not in, like, the usual way we say fun with scare quotes. Like, this should be a fun team. (laughs) So get ready for that. For Matt, I'm Paul. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you again soon.